We are happy to have in studio with us assistant athletic director and assistant men's basketball coach at Bates College, Tommy Verdell, in this morning. And, and Tommy, you've had quite the interesting, I think, career path a little bit. You know, you were uh, only working kind of administrative duties here for a little bit, and then you switched over and, and helped coach basketball as well. Tell us about a little bit about your background, what led you into, into coaching in general uh, and at Bates. Yes, well, first of all, thanks for having me, and I'm filling in for someone as well. So we just have the all-sub team right here. <laughs> but, um, no, well, so originally when I got to Bates, um, so this is my second stint. Originally when I came, I came as an assistant coach. I had been coaching for a while. Before I came to Bates, I was an assistant coach with the NBA. It was at the time the D-League, but now the G-League with the Springfield Armor. So coaching's in my blood. That's what I want to do. That's what I love to do. That's who I am. I, you know, I can't say it anymore. So then um, I was here for two years at Bates, and I had the opportunity to be a head coach at a Division three college. But with that came an administra- administrative role, of which I knew nothing about. <laughs> so at the time, Gwen Lexile was our Title IX officer, and our, our, our previous athletic director, Kevin McHugh, you know, I said, hey, listen, like this job comes with, with this other part to it, which was part mostly compliance and some other stuff. So I got the lowdown from them on what I had to do. I wanted to try to prepare myself as well for that because it was a dual job. I didn't want to just be in there thinking about men's basketball and then my responsibilities to like women's soccer, tennis, whatever other sports compliance-wise I wasn't doing. So it was important for me to do that. So I did that for two years, and then the opportunity presented itself to come back to Bates. And, you know, my vision for where I, I realized that, like, the highest level of Division Three is really where I would like to coach at. Mm-hmm. Eventually, I'd like to be a head coach again at, like, this kind of level. Right. So I was like, to me, this is a no-brainer to come back here um, and just and just work back at a program that I, that I, that I love working for. I love um, working with Coach Furbush. He's like family to me. I, I knew him way before I even came here to Bates the first time, just from working camps and recruiting and whatnot. So it was just a logical progression. When I, when I first came back my first year here, just with – acclimating back to administration here with 31 sports I didn't coach that first year and then my second year I started coaching again for better or worse (laughs) (laughs) and then from a coaching perspective obviously this past week was you know an interesting one I think for the men's basketball team you're looking at the game against Thomas College a close game Uh, the final play though break it down for us you got Spellman there in the low block and he won the game for you with 2.5 seconds left yes I mean the thinking was let's take advantage of the size mismatch that he had um, even if they were going to switch a screen that we were anticipating that they weren't going to do because the kid who was guarding him was really their best defender, get Spellman as close to the basket as we could have, have everyone lift it out, dump it in, and he's going to make the bucket. Um, so, the, I mean, that was pretty clear forward. Coach drew up a great play, and, and, and most importantly, we executed it because that, nice. that's been a key for us. Um, and as we progress through our season, it's about the execution in those, in those critical moments of games. Then Middlebury and Williams, obviously, always two tough opponents. Uh, you know, you're you're in both games. Williams, you had a you know lead in the first half and led at halftime. Tell us a little bit about the one three one zone defense because that I think is new for the Bobcats this year compared to the previous few seasons at least. Yes, right? well, your guys' previous guests, you were talking football and you were talking to Patriot football, and I'm anti Patriot too, so don't worry. About All right, it. we go. All right, good. <laughs> but I will say this: let's let's give some due to Bill Belichick and his philosophy on whatever it takes to win that game that week. So that's kind of how it migrated um, for us with the 1-3-1, mm. which is something we've been doing. 
But we really looked at it and we're like thinking like, this is really our best chance to defeat Middlebury and Williams. So we define like, hey, here's how they can beat us. We're okay with losing this way, trying to make them do things that they're not used to. Like if they beat us that way, that's fine. We know they're good at this. Let's not let them do that. Mm -hmm. So Middlebury, they play with great pace in the half court and in the full court. So we really were like, you know what? The best thing for us to do is to slow them down. We had studied their zone offense and they were very deliberate. They were very good at it, but they were very deliberate. So just to take some of the pace out of there, make them have to think a little bit, make them work a possession. We thought that would work well for us. We had a couple of, like, hiccups in what our responsibilities were. Like, as you said, this is new for us to go as exclusive to it as we did this weekend. Right. Um, and they got and they, and they made us pay for it, you know, because they, they knocked down some shots. But the beauty of it in our league is that we have the opportunity the next day to go play right away again. So a lot of people would probably think it was foolish for us to really try to play zone against Williams as well because Williams is a team that has great size, a lot of shooting, but also same thing, their man-to-man offense is just unbelievably good. And we felt like, you know what, let's make them do something different. So between the end of the game on Friday night and going into the game on Saturday, we really focused on some film, talked to our guys, had a walkthrough and corrected some of those mistakes and really, 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 truly executed in the first half. I mean, you hold the whole Williams to 27 points in yeah. a half is kind of unheard of. I mean, I, my, my phone has been blowing up like, you know, what, what did you, you do? What did you do? What did you do? And I was like, you know what? We did a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And then, you know, maybe they didn't do a little bit of whatever. But, like, that was part of the plan. Second half, again, you know, they made some shots. And, you know, people overreact when um, you're playing a zone and teams make outside shots. Mm-hmm. Like, teams make outside shots. They shoot threes oh, against time. man and against zone. There's never been a shutout in the game of basketball yet. <laughs> when there is, I hope I'm a part of that because I think that would be, I mean, hellacious to have happen. But, um, you know, you're going to give up points. And really down the stretch, it wasn't even our defense it was Williams, really their length and size defensively that just affected us enough offensively. We didn't execute as well as we need to against that kind of high-level team quality of opponent to get the victory. But I do believe that even in defeat, our guys really grew a lot from that, and I think we have a greater sense of confidence in ourselves and where we can go moving forward in the NESCAC. And as you know, Aaron, the spring and fall sports don't get this. They don't get that second chance. You know, like if if a fall sport starts off 1-3 and three or 0-4, oh they've probably incurred a couple of league games already. You know, for us, we have, like, in essence, what can be some preseason non-conference right. games. And then we have the 10-game juggernaut of the NESCAC, of which if you do well in that, now you can get yourself to postseason play. So we've kind of looked at the season this way. It took us a little while longer to gel than I think we thought it would kind of dealing with guys in and out of the lineup in the first half of the season, I think, was was part of that. But we are where we are now with the big game against <laughs> Tufts. In essence, I mean, when you look at it, and you hate to say it this way, must win. a, a must-win yeah. playoff game already. And that's just what the NESCAC is about. And they don't get much tougher than Williams, right? So it's not like you can let up or at all, at all. But th- th- that was number three team in the country. Yes, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, yes. Not, not ju- and, and, and quite honestly, like a favorite, not just because they're three, but just because of who they are, how they are, how they play, really a national championship favorite to win it already. Right. Yes. Yeah. What, what in a game that you played a, def- a defense you hadn't normally played, did you stay exclusively with that, or did you switch in some man-to-man every once in a while, just throw them off? So Middlebury, we, we um, whole first half, we were 1-3-1, and then probably like with 10 minutes to go in the second half, 
we had talked about it. Like we talked about going man and, and, and getting out the zone because they kind of started – we started having some breakdowns and they got some shots and got some points. So we did go man and then they really turned it on. <laughs> they they kind of juiced sure. it up. But, you know, it was a little bit of desperation. We kind of had to take some chances defensively. Uh, against Williams, 100% of the game, yeah. we stayed in the one three one It really, really was working. It really had them, like, thinking and having to create offense each possession. Sure. So there was really no reason to get out of it. Um, both games, I mean, like, we left – more so Saturday was Williams' length really did disturb us a little bit more. But, I mean, you were there, Aaron. You call all our games. Yeah. Friday night, we must have left about 10, 15 points on the, on the floor just for missing – like shots that you have to make in the net scat. You know, you're yeah. not going to get a wide-open layup in the net scat. It's a contested layup. we got to be better with making some free throws. And we got to just have our guys be even a little bit more confident and ready to catch and shoot when those opportunities present themselves. I really feel like, I mean, this may be true at all levels, but especially at this level, consistency might be the biggest challenge, especially yes. on offense, right? Because, like, and I, I – Cody Greenall, for instance, had a terrific game against Middlebury yes. and struggled against Williams. Yes. If he had hit the same shots he hit against Middlebury against Williams, you guys probably win that game, right? Not to lay it on him at all, no. but yes. that's an example of like consistency being so such a key, right? It's called basketball. You yeah. get points for scoring. Yeah. Like as yeah. good as your defense may be, right. they don't give you a point for that. Even though uh, you know in, in practices and stuff, we'll get points for defense, but that's just not how it works on Friday and Saturday nights in our league. And sometimes, like it seems like that that's it. And you know what? Sometimes it is that it. You make a bucket or two, depending on when it happens in the game, it changes the stress level of the game. You know, like what's the other team having to deal with? Instead of being up nine or ten, they're only up five or six. Now they're forced to truly execute their offense, you know, to get the get the bucket. Otherwise, we can cut the lead to three or two. So stuff like that. So it definitely does add up. And that's the difference between winning and losing is that is that small. You know, and, yeah. and I think that's what, like, our guys are really truly understanding and in the last couple of years here, even though we have seniors and juniors who play and, you know, even the last few years like that, every every time they've upgraded their, their status on, you know, so you're going from a junior to a senior or from a sophomore to a junior, they've they've also had more responsibilities to, to, to perform on the court that they hadn't had the year before. Yeah. So they're still learning and developing and growing into those roles um, and I and I think it's it's coming together for us really at the right time because this is when we really need to be playing our best basketball in league play in the regular season to hopefully put, put ourselves in a good position playoff wise to make a run because at this point in the season like we all know it if we want to play in the NCAA tournament we're going to have to win our league so like you know at least we know what we have to do right. Yeah. Now, a little bit more about your role. Um, you originally were, you know, in compliance and then mm-hmm. coaching and also in compliance. You're still an administrator, but your role has changed. Tell us yes. about that. So the, the main part of my role now is I work with um, – I do all our programming around student-athlete services, which can be as wide as you can obviously imagine. And the way I try to explain it to our students and parents who I speak with and our other coaches is that I'm a resource for our student-athletes. So, like – um, if you might be struggling in a class and you don't know where to go, come to me, Let's, and I can help you find that out. If you're thinking about, you know, what do I want to do with my life after college, come to me. You know, if um, you're struggling just, you know, with, with, I don't know, socially or something's going on in your I'm life, homesick. you're homesick, come to me. So, I mean, it's really that that clear cut. 
Um, and I, I try to um, work with other constituencies across campus, try to get our student athletes involved with different programming and whatnot, try to be a face across campus, you know, because we want people to come to our games. But, you know, if you don't go to the music recital, why should we expect them to come to our game? You know, so mm-hmm. like me, me being present at other things across campus, tomorrow we're actually doing a brown bag lunch on youth sports uh, myself, Celine, our other Celine Cunningham, our other uh, our associate athletic director, and Becky Woods, our Alpine skiing coach. We're doing that. So, like you know, uh, Nordic skiing coach, Nordic, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mikhail is Alpine. Mikhail, yes. No worries. We have so, so what's the brown <laughs> bag lunch? What does that entail? So, man? so um, through a grant that we got. Um, and I'm not going to remember the acronym for what parts means on campus. Maybe you will, Aaron. Parts, I, the parts acronym? I don't know. Okay, so, okay, so <laughs> they're, they're going to be upset with me that I don't know that off the top of my head. But we're, we're having a discussion based on gender and youth sports and how, oh, I saw that, how it yeah. plays out in the beginning and how then we see that as college coaches, how we're dealing with that sure. because, you know, all of the particulars of males and females playing sport or the stereotypes that we're placing or shouldn't be placing and all that, starting with youth sports and how it plays itself out in college sports and stuff. And as a parent of a son, a daughter, and a daughter on the way, it's really been a great exercise for me, sure. you know, just to just throw it around and, and, and my thinking. As, as, who are the, who are the participants of that? So it's open to the whole campus. Um, and so I'm, students? I'm, students can come as well too. Um, and it's a programming that's been happening throughout the year. So there's been for each different program, it's been a multitude of students, faculty, staff that have come through. So I found the acronym. Okay, perfect. Thank you because <laughs> part, I was in trouble. Well, part stands for the Prevention Action Response Team. Thank you. Thank T- you. Yes. Taking off at se- the second half of their luncheon discussion series, expectation versus reality discussion about gender. It'll be you, and you mentioned Becky and Celine yes, as well. Yes. And that's from twelve to one in Commons two two six tomorrow. So yes. that should be a good event. Yes. So yes. Is that something we could come in and and take a look at and then come back and give a report about it? Or I might go. I might go to yeah, it I if mean, I, I don't, if I have. I well, it's from that. twelve to one, so the show will be wrapping up right at twelve tomorrow. Oh, yes. So okay, yeah. <laughs> it might be a little late. If yeah, I were no, to go, but, but I can. I mean, we can. You know, we can get you the PowerPoint presentation. I'd just be interested in yes, what no. what people say and. Uh, yeah, and that's and that's the beauty of it is that it's a discussion. It's not us lecturing out. Right. It's us hitting a couple topics. Like we have a nice little TED Talk video in there that's a father and daughter talking about it, and then some questions to just stimulate your thinking, the audience's thinking, and have that discussion and and just like push the envelope a little bit about our thinking around youth sports and gender. I'd be interested. Can you give him the PowerPoint when it's yes, over? I can oh yeah, let me take a look at it for sure. Because it's something I was a high school principal. I'm always looking for. Things that that uh, any anybody's coaches and 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 uh, parents or whatever could could take a look yeah, at. Yeah, no, would cool. Be I mean, I think it's a really important issue. Um, just <laughs> sure. with, with everything in the world that's going on today. Absolutely. Um, I mean, and and to start things when at the at young ages, anything like giving our kids the best education when they're young, teaching them the right values when they're young. It's just stuff that sticks with them for the rest of their lives. I'm curious, uh, you know, being from New York originally, mm-hmm. growing up, how did you first really get into basketball? Jeez, um, well, being in New York growing yeah, up. Yeah, that, that's, that's all it takes. That's, that's, really that's all it takes, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, as long as I can remember, I've loved basketball. I probably love football. Football was probably my favorite sport. Um, but, I mean, I'm 5'11", 175 now, so that's not the sport I was going to migrate <laughs> into. Plus, when Joe Theismann broke his leg, my mom – made me stop playing. You remember that <laughs> horrific play when Lawrence oh, yeah, tackled him? But um, 
and I, you know, like my dad played. Uh, my grandfather was a coach at Virginia State. He coached football, track, and basketball. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, just New York City's the mecca of basketball. It just, it's just, I don't even know how I got started, but ever since I can remember, it's just what I've done and what I've loved. And the the, the ironic thing is that I kind of even knew early that I wanted to coach. Yeah. Like I, I kind of, like, old school point guard, you were told that you're the coach on the floor, so maybe that's where it started for sure. me. But um, to get into coaching after having been able to play, like, it's just been a blessing for me, um, for my for my life moving forward. All right, so the Bobcats host Tufts Saturday, 3 o'clock, Alumni Gymnasium. Snow, snow permitting. Snow like, per- I was looking at the forecast before <laughs> to, to try to figure out what's going to really? happen with that. Yeah. I don't think they'd postpone a NASCAR game. Well, it looks like <laughs> it looks like we'll have a window on Saturday yeah. so that they can get down and back. We, maybe reschedule. They wouldn't postpone it. Right. Like, you know, try to figure it out. Yeah. But that, Saturday at 3 as of right now. But uh, So break down the jumbos for us. I know, I know you watch tape. Yes, yeah. well, and, I, and I've watched a little. So the beauty of this is that we actually were at the same tournament with them down in Staten Island. Right. So we got to see them play live. Right. So they're kind of similar to us. They have, they, they kind of play with, they don't play with two big men on the court a whole lot. Um, and for us this year, like when we play with Snotty on the court at 6'8", six, 6'7", six, six, we kind of have two, but he's, he's definitely a forward. So he's not yeah. like a, a traditional center. But then they play with a lot of guards. We probably actually saw them play in New York, one of the best games that they've played this season. Mm. They played with really good spirit. They really had a good team camaraderie. They have a bunch of guards. They were unselfish. They share the ball. They're, they're, they're very skilled, and they can score. You know, So we're going to have to score on Saturday and uh, we're going to have to slow them down because, I mean, they could, they could put some points up. And after we played Middlebury on Friday night, they knocked Middlebury off on Saturday. They oh. beat Middlebury Saturday. Okay. So this yep. is a really big game because they have two league wins. They're two and two. We okay. have, we're one and three. Right. So to get this tiebreaker on them yeah. is huge because if they go up basically two games on us, you know, with the tiebreaker – It'll be it'll be difficult if we were to get in a tie with them for any kind of playoff spot and or seeding or home court advantage, whatever it could be. Yeah, the tiebreaker last year did that was unfortunate. It was crazy. I mean, that was ridiculous. It was crazy, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so like it's funny that we're thinking about that now, yeah. but it does matter. Like some of these games you can see are really gonna be early playoff games because you need to get the nod on that opponent. For sure. Well, um uh, the thing I was gonna ask you about was um Oh, well, because you're a Giants fan, we're asking yes. the same question that we asked uh, Travis Barrett about is do they need to draft a quarterback? We we do yeah. <laughs> probably need to draft a quarterback. You know, wh- no matter what you think of Eli Manning, good, better, or whatever, he's not going to be playing much longer. Uh, you know, he's at the twilight of his career. Oh, You've you got to start to prepare. Exactly. So last year, I can't change my mind on this. I know there were all these quarterbacks the Giants passed on him. I, I think Saquon Barkley, I, I think he showed he's like a combination of Walter Payton and Barry Sanders. That's crazy. That's a thing. But, um, you know, the Giants have a lot of holes. We need, some, we need some defensive linemen. We need some linebackers. We need an offensive line. So if the kid from Ohio State, Haskins, is as good a prospect mm. at QB as they think. And he's, he's good. Available, he's a big guy. I saw him in person. I, he's you know, good. Well, my wife is <laughs> born and raised in Columbus, Ohio. Oh, so really? I've watched every game. So I, so yeah. I think he's good enough. But if not, to draft some linemen, what yeah. have you, and then and then kind of patchwork the quarterback situation maybe till next year when it seems like a little bit of a stronger class. You got the kid from Georgia, you got a couple the kid from Alabama, and then Hertz who's transferring, and then the kid who went from Georgia to Ohio. So, so you got more QB, sure. the kid from Oregon. So you got. But more, you can't more guys rebuild in one year. You no, you can't. You got to have the long view. Yes, and you do it. 
both with the draft and free agency and maybe some luck yeah. in the trade maybe. Well, and don't pick up – here's a rule for all NFL GMs. Never <laughs> pick up old Patriot parts because Nate Soldier did nothing no, for when this he, year. I tell you, <laughs> when, when they decide they're not going to sign somebody, you, you might as well yes, give up. exactly. On. I'm telling Just you, look pass. at it. Richard Seymour, did you ever yep. hear from him after he left? Yep. I mean, right he went to the through, Raiders, right? And then went to the Raiders. He was all yeah. right, nothing special. Yeah, no, he yep. even uh, the the running back that plays for Tennessee now. I mean, oh yeah, yeah, Lewis, yeah, he, yes. he was unbelievable. Deion Lewis Patriots. took it kind of personally when he played the Patriots. And he, this year. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's okay. Yeah, but no, I yeah, I well, we thought Soldo was a little bit on the edge anyway. Yeah, so. I, I I didn't like that signing myself personally, but I didn't think he was going to be. As not bad. good as he was, yeah. yeah. Because it was an upgrade for us because we had a, the Giants had Eric Flowers, yeah. who was yeah. just horrific. So, and the Pats made a hell of a move by going to San Francisco and picking up um, what's his name, Trent. Whew. He was really good, Trent Brown. Yeah, so he was really good. So the the bo- going back to the Bobcats real quick. Do you don't have any non-conference games this week. Sometimes Not you, this sometimes week, you no. do in the middle of the week. Yes, no. This week we have yeah. the single game alone against Tufts um, coming up. The non-conference games we have left are. You mean Farmington, right? And then we'll actually end the season with Southern Maine. The game, hopefully not in the season, right? Hopefully, well, yeah, still no, not yet. In yeah, our regular, <laughs> in our regular season, yeah, the good good catch there. In our regular season <laughs> yeah. with Southern Maine at home, but the rest of it is Nescat, um, so we can yeah. really lock in and focus on you know trying to get trying to get the number to get in. Like you know, I, I mean, in full disclosure, we don't care what the number is. We just want to get it and get. That's been one of our goals, get the 25th game. Yeah. Because we only have 24-game regular season. Yeah. Just NESCAC rules. So get the 25th game, get in the tournament. I mean, as we saw this past weekend, anything can happen, but you got to be in it to win it. Yeah, hey, Syracuse sure. beat Duke last night. Yes. Exactly. Oh, right, yes. yeah. That's the first yeah. time I believe Duke has ever lost as a number one seed at home to an unranked opponent. And like, yeah, it was like in like 90 games or something like that, <laughs> they said. But Syracuse is not your normal unranked. Correct. Oh, no, no, no. Like, they play a pretty good zone defense. They play a pretty good zone defense there. Yeah. Um, so focus this week on practice, uh, you know, these next few days. I mean, today we have off. Uh-huh. Uh, yes, so it was a little bit of a different week. We practiced yesterday. We have today off because the women play Norwich tonight right. at 530. Yep. So no need to go for like an hour. Take the day off. Yeah. And then really just lock in on toughs. They do a couple things defensively that um, we're going to have to make a couple of adjustments to our offense. I won't give anything away. No. I don't know if they're listening or not, <laughs> but what have you. No. Right, right. <laughs> but we know that you know what we do, and we yeah. know that yeah. they know what we do. So. Not a lot of secrets. Exactly. So we'll make a couple of adjustments to that. And then really, I mean, I think it's just focusing on continuing to build upon what we did. Like, you know, it's great that we played well last weekend, but we did not win. <laughs> so, right. So, right. like, you know, there's still work to do. To win and winning is hard, especially in our league, and just locking in and, and, and focusing on what has to be done these next couple of days, and then making sure we get that done um, on on Saturday is is key. And and it's nice we're playing our travel partner, so that there's only one game this week, yeah. so we can really lock in and just focus on that. I mean, and we have to expect and know that they're going to do the same. So whoever plays better on Saturday. Hands down is going to win that game because we're. we're I, I would think both staffs would say we're, we're pretty even, and this is a good matchup for both of us. Should be a great game again Saturday, three o'clock at eleven night gym, barring any sort of weather things. Yes. Uh, Bates versus Tufts men's basketball. Tommy Verdell, thanks so much for joining us here on the B list today. Thanks for having me. Anna.